welcome to Psychopath in Your Life. I'm your host, Diane Emerson. You know, I always feel kind of weird saying that because I was raised in the 50s and we used to call people like me hostesses. So now we're general neutral, I guess. But anyway, today is our one-year anniversary. I just actually, I don't know where the time goes. I thought, well, maybe I'll talk for a few months and that will be it and nobody will write to me and I'll never know what to say. But here we are. And I do have a pretty important announcement at the end of the podcast, um, but I'd like to talk about it at the end um, because it's it's just something that um, about the future of the podcast. So anyway, so um, just some general um, notes here. Um, I'd like to talk to the parent who wrote to me about the issue with their child. And I don't answer people unless they specifically say yes or give me their email, but I have a better solution for you. Um, Please go to psychopath-research.com, and Dad of Rad is still there. We're, We're still there trying to keep the form alive, and interestingly enough... We can tell by the um, software that we have over 700 views on the thread that he recently started about these school shooter kids. And I would say that that would be your best option for help because he's walked the walk and can probably help guide you with some things that you might find helpful. And um, another program note is that um, we're no longer uploading our podcast to Facebook. We were doing it originally because we thought it would help reach more people. But after the last um, breach, um, pretty big one, and, um, you know, they'd been caught a couple years before that and said they were going to change, it goes against everything that I believe in. Um, I have always fought to keep your privacy. In the early days, um, we've been at the current location at psychopath-research.com for, I don't know, the last 12 or 14 years, but we'd had some software issues prior to that. But I bought the software, I don't know, 18 years or so or so. And at the time, people thought, well, that's really kind of a foolish way to spend money because, believe me, it's been very expensive um, to the software, the maintenance, and all those kinds of things. But, you know, it paid off in the end because... I really don't trust all these people with my information. They've proven that they're not worthy of my trust. <clears throat> and so, excuse me. Anyway, so this latest, you know, I mean, the beats keep going on and people have messaged me through the Facebook page. And I don't know how to shut down the page. <clears throat> I think it's more complicated than I'm willing to tackle right now. Um, any company that makes you go through hoops to get get out of there is not the kind of place for us. And um, I don't want you messaging me from there because, you know, they're scanning your messages. This is all public information now. And it gets even more horrifying that because um, before this latest big breach that they got caught in, and I guess I have an issue. I'm not saying they're psychopaths. Okay, that would be irresponsible. But think about it this way. If someone only apologizes half-heartedly when they get caught and never make changes to improve, what do you have there? You have somebody you can't trust. So anyway, so um, being the non-techno person, I discovered something today that I'd like to pass along. I get tired of all those little notifications that pop up um, on the lower right-hand side of your laptop screen. 
and it'll say, "Oh, so and so, we have these friend suggestions." Oh, let me let me get let me get back. I'm, I'm wandering today, so stick with me. Evidently, before they got caught this last time, listen to this: they had plans and had started working with the medical community to share your your medical information. Now, they were doing this under the guise of connecting people who had health issues and were isolated. Well, hey, what a heck of a plan that is. I mean, psychopaths troll the internet like nobody's business. So you really think random strangers are something that people who are having issues should just be lined up with? Do you really think they have any business knowing what kind of medical procedures any of us are having? So anyway, so um, let me get back to the little thing I discovered this morning. I get really worn out with these little right-hand corner messages saying, we have a new friend suggestion. Listen, if I was interested in trolling for random people to be quote-unquote friends with, i maybe go to bars or go hang out in public parks, but I'm not. I'm very careful who I let into my life. So anyway, so I discovered in this little box in your lower right of your screen, there is a little, on the right-hand side, there's that little check um, X mark where you can close that box. Well, then I thought, well, what's that other little star next to it? Well, I clicked on that little star, and holy moly, I can now block access to these people. There's all kinds of settings that are there. Um, I read a couple of blogs because I thought they had some information about psychopaths. They didn't. It ended up being some nutcase thing. And I kept getting these notifications from them. So between them and Facebook, I was thinking, leave me alone. I will choose my own friends. I don't need Facebook friends. And so anyway, so I clicked on that little star and wow, what a world. I was able to block these people. There were a lot of other people who... um, were, it was allowing people, random advertising people, to have access and cookies to put in my computer and all this stuff. So I was able to block all that. So check out your computer later today um, because I don't see the problem with Facebook is getting any better. And I just feel like I have a, um, I have a responsibility to explain to you why. And also, I'm not trying to scare you, but in case you don't spend as much time on the news because you obviously have a lot of other bigger issues, um, don't trust them. Um, but if you want to trust them, do it at your own peril because they're mining all your data. They're saying they're going to change, but I don't think they're going to change. So anyway, so um, check out that little control button. It's, it's, it's called a settings button, I guess. It looks like a little, it's an asterisk is what it is. That's what I was looking for. So check that out and just figure out how many people are getting access to your, your stuff. Um, I tried to even post a we're no longer posting on Facebook thing, and I tried it five times and never went through. So that, that's the bottom line. So we're on every platform available. So if you want to find the podcast, it's not that hard. If you don't want to subscribe to the podcast because of your own personal reasons, well, that's pretty simple. Go to the website, um, psychopathinyourlife.com, and you can just listen there. You don't have to leave any kind of trail. So anyway, so let's go on with the show. Um, I'd like to first start off by reading a viewer um, email, and I'll just read it. I like to read these in entirety because I don't want to cherry-pick context and whatnot. Okay, let's start. Hi, Diane. In the most recent podcast, you posed the question of why do the abuse stay with the abusers? 
I firmly believe I was fully ensconced in a Stockholm syndrome. I spent 24 and a half years with my psychopath. When I finally left, I was suffering severely with PTSD. I jotted down some notes while I listened to you speak because it was really resonating with me. Fear was certainly a major factor. I also had such difficulty with self-worth and almost no sense of self that I couldn't imagine being able to leave successfully. To further complicate the matter, he would do very nice, seemingly loving things for me. All the while, I was being gaslit severely and very covertly. Until a person experiences this kind of abuse and suffering, it is really just incomprehensible to the normal human psyche. This is the way my therapist has explained it to me. Why people don't believe the gaslighting scenario. It's a kind of evil that most people can't really wrap their brain around. If they were to accept this situation, then they would have to rethink their views entirely on many things in life. That is, this is me adding this, is a extremely significant point, so I will repeat this, that if people were to accept this situation, meaning your situation with a psychopath, then they would have to rethink their views on many things in life. I'll continue on, then I'll add my comments at the end here. You have my permission to mention this email in an episode, should you care to do so, without mentioning my name, of course. Thank you so very much for your podcast. I listen very faithfully and wish I could somehow be a part of educating the public. You are doing a great public service. God bless. Well, I'm blessed to have all of you guys as listeners, and I really, I'm honored every time someone emails me and tells me their story. And it really helps me to connect and, um, hang on one second, excuse me, it helps me to connect and to figure out where to go. When I started the podcast a year ago, I had no idea if I'd have enough to talk about, but clearly we're in it for the long haul together. Um, So I, in the future... I'm really, first of all, to this um, person that wrote, this very kind lady who wrote, I'm really, really, really happy. You've made my you've made my my being worth being because the fact that you escaped is just the best news that I could ever get and that you're safe and that you've, you, you found an excellent therapist, it sounds like, that can really help you. Um, I get asked a lot about therapists and... Um, what to do. At one point, it had been suggested to me at my forum that I do a list of therapists and stuff. And you know what? I don't run the world. I know you'll find that shocking. (laughs) But um, the idea of trying to keep up with who's a good therapist, and I even looked into in the early days of possibly some advertising to help the fees on on the podcast. And, you know, there's these therapist you can text and this kind of stuff. And I'm not comfortable. <clears throat> and I will eventually talk about therapists because I do have some ideas about how to identify one and seek one. But I just need a lot more time. And you might ask, well, why? If you know it, why Why not tell us? Well, I had a horrible experience with a therapist that I trusted. And if you read my book, 
it's not uncommon that the therapist could possibly side with the psychopath if you go into a therapy situation with them and his partners. So, and I'm clearly, please listen to me. If you found a great one, I couldn't be happier. I'm actually thrilled because everybody needs somebody to talk to. And in this environment these days, what are we talking in? 280 characters, um, people text, they don't call. So I see for victims, we're in even greater need of somebody to listen to us because, you know, who's out there? I mean, if your whole life has to be explained in a couple hundred characters, I mean, what kind of deal is that? So I am pro-therapy. But what happened to me was that I had been seeing a therapist for a couple of years because I had issues, don't we all? And my issues stem from being raised by a borderline and an alcoholic who I completely have resolved all those issues, thankfully, on my own. I was able to heal the relationship with my mother before she passed away. But it gets complicated. Um, So... My life got kicked out from under me when I was in my 40s. I'll be 67 in two weeks. So, yeah, when I was in my 40s. So um, my life got kicked out from under me. I lost everything. Um, And there was a big lawsuit to retain the rights to my designs. And it, it was very, it was a very ugly period of my life. So I reached out. When I saw the world starting to open up and swallow me, I knew I needed help. And so... I hadn't seen this therapist for probably a few months and because I had been working on these boundary issues. I mean, I really didn't know what normal relationships were. I mean, I knew how to work really hard. I knew how to make money. I knew how to be very good at client services. I was excellent in marketing. No one could come up with better snappier one-line jingles than I could. But in relationships, I was kind of a crash course because I didn't have any role modeling. So anyway, so let me get to the point of the story here. So I reach out to this therapist who, by this point, it had been a few months since I'd seen him, but he knew me for two years. So this guy really knew me. I mean, I made the effort to drive 45 minutes to visit this guy who'd been recommended to me every single Friday. I never missed an appointment. I mean, that's how committed I was to try to try to learn normal behaviors that I just didn't have any experience with. So I reach out to him. I go to visit him. I am in shambles. I am not able to function. I'm now locked up in my house. I'm so depressed. I mean, who wouldn't be depressed um, you, you, when your whole life is spun out of control? And did he help me? No. He probably led me down a path that now I have severe physical issues from. And what he did, which was actually very illegal, and because I trusted him, I followed his advice. He suggested I go and get on a medication for depression. Well, and I really want you to listen to this part. If you're on medication right now for depression, do not stop suddenly. It has some very, very serious repercussions. And it's not just some little pill that's going to make you see rainbows and butterflies. I mean, it can cause you a lot of issues. So please don't interpret this as any medical advice. I'm just trying to share with you why I'm a little bit sketchy on therapists. And so anyhow, so I dutifully went and got this pill. And it spun me even further out of control if that was possible. I got increasingly more and more depressed. I 
it it was I you know this isn't a I I never wanted the podcast or anything to be about me, but I do relate to all of you, and I want you to know why when I say something, I do have a reason for it, and. You know, when it comes to victims, it's because I've listened to victims for almost 20 years. So anyway, so this one pill eventually led me down the road to, I can't even remember how many pills I was on at the end. I mean, it was a bucket load. Um, If anybody can survive on 10 milligrams of Valium four times a day, sleeping pills, antidepressants, mood stabilizers. Well, the bottom line is I've got some very severe health repercussions from all of this. I've developed blood disorders. I've got a retina that's detaching. I mean, I've got a lot of, there's a lot of consequences. So I will get to the part about how to find and select a therapist. And just be clear that I'm 100% pro-therapist but it's a matter of what kind of therapist. Because if you read my book, you'll find that the psychopaths did some pretty evil things around therapy. So anyway, I don't know how I got off on that, but I just want you to know that I hear what you're saying. Um, People always ask, what can I do? Um, I just, all I can say is we need to stick together and Maybe the whole goal here is to try to help heal one victim at a time. And if there's anything that you want to talk about that I haven't been talking about, um, then I'm, I'm glad to address it. And I'll never avoid talking about things. And if I want to put it off for a while, I'll always tell you why. Because what happened to me was... When your therapist kind of shoves you out the door and your family and friends have all shoved you out the door and nobody will listen to you, I get it, okay? I was there and I'm still there. I still have difficulties with certain things that is probably because of the physical limitations, but I'm not exactly the same carefree, trusting person I once was. And a lot of you are younger. I'd like to be part of maybe not having you go through years and years and years of instability. Um, Could I have come out of the deal that I went through sooner? Yeah, of course I could have. I'm basically a survivor kind of a person. But because the medications got involved in the way, it kind of put me on hold for 20 years. So I just don't want any of this to happen to you. But I also have got to be responsible in how I talk to you about things. And I've said often enough that I really want to be in the information business, not in the let me tell you how to run your life business, because really, we all need to find our own path. And some things can be blessings in disguise. You know, at the end of these kinds of relationships, whether it be work, personal, whatever, if we all work together to heal I can pretty much guarantee you there is light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not going to be a train coming at you because over the years, I've had the opportunity to see victims actually heal, blossom, and move on with their lives. But but in the meantime, it's complicated. I mean, there's going to be times that people, you know, in abusive situations do reunite with their abuser, and normally, I can't remember the stats, but... It can be several times that you'll go back and forth because it's never easy. And here's the thing. The reason that it makes it harder 
is because by that point, the PTSD is so great and your self-worth is so low and no one is listening to you. It just seems bizarre to people when you say, I think I'm with a psychopath. I mean, I know. I tried to talk to people and they just looked at me like, what is wrong with you? How could you say that? Well, it's quite simple. No conscience equals psychopath. It's as simple as that. So as soon as you start to see those things, it'll help you in the future because it is highly common that a person will leave one psychopath to get into a relationship with another one. And if we have the tools and work together, you'll be able to spot them quicker. Because like I've said a million times before, the common thing that every victim said over the years was they brushed aside those red flags. Well, you'll read from the psychopaths themselves in my book that they, this is, this is a startling, but they plot that. I mean, they're testing you. They're pushing those red flags in your face. They're seeing how you're going to respond for them. So no matter what stage you're at, we just really all need the tools so we can help to spot them, identify them, and get out of the way. Try to find healthy relationships. And you know what? It's all about life. It's not about punishment. Why should you be punished because you were a nice person? That is, if you, if you look at that in that context, isn't that kind of a crazy thing to do? I mean, not crazy thing to do. I mean, it's crazy thing for society to think of you because, because you love somebody wholeheartedly and they weren't able to return that love. How are you to blame? Who blames nice people for tragedies? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Because you're a nice person, that's why they went after you. And you did everything right. You did everything you possibly could have right. You were there. You were understanding. You tried to fix things. And every step you made was out of only the best and purest intentions. And, you know, I just have faith that I know that all of you will heal from this at some point. Because I have this theory that when we're ready to find the answers, we'll ask the questions and they will appear. So, which gets me to my next and final point. Um, when I started the podcast, I, I, well, I'm not exactly, okay. Give me a minute here. Um, when I started the podcast, I, I don't know. I knew I couldn't do it by myself because I, I don't know about how to upload things or all these things. God, I feel so crazy, but hear me out. When I was working in my 40s, I now live on what I used to make in a month. So... And now it's like below the poverty level and I'm not trying to feel sad about myself. It's just what it is. I'm crying because I'm embarrassed to ask for help. <laughs> so in order for us to get onto a platform where we can A, reach more people, um, we have to have like 30,000 downloads a month, uh, an episode. Well, we're, we're, we're a long ways from that. And... Um, I don't know. We're so far from that that that's not even something that's in the cards right now. So in a way, you know, it's good that I'm 
the way that I am because when the forum um when the forum went silent because we're in this you know we're in this texting society I was determined that I had to still keep talking and so I racked up some really high uh, interest credit cards to get started and some might say oh why didn't you just learn how to upload and do all this stuff I'm sorry I, I just couldn't I looked at it and I mean, my head was spinning I mean so I got it had some really, really lousy help in the beginning. I think the planning part took me a few months. And during that time, I was just getting blood for money, but I kept getting more and more determined. Now, these aren't things that a normal person would do, but hey, no one has ever called me normal. And frankly, I think normal is overrated. So anyway, so, you know, I, until I found Daniel, I um, got... Um, had some real screwballs trying to help the, the podcast. And so to continue going, it it takes money. And I've got all these fees, and I, I, I can't do it anymore. I looked into a service called Patreon, and what they do is they hook up people like myself who are content creators with their audience. I, I don't know about that. I, I I actually, believe it or not, sat through a web chat with him last week. And um, I, I'm not completely convinced of that way because, in theory, it sounds great if you're talking about a political podcast or a How to Make Better Muffins podcast or whatever. But we have very significant needs, um, and those needs have to do with your privacy and I've always respected your privacy beyond anything else. And um, I can't... And and also, here's the other thing about Patreon, is that it's geared toward this um, listener reward system. And that's just not me. Um, I don't want to set up a system that some people get something that other people don't. I mean, I'm here for you no matter what. If you can't afford a copy of my book and you really want to read it, just email me. Um, I've asked Daniel if he could figure out a way to format it through email. All I would ask you is to respect the copyright laws and not just blanketly start shooting it all around everybody for, you know, that outside of our immediate circle. Um, I'm probably more of a socialist than a capitalist. And so I acknowledge that I got into this debt. Um, So the only solution um, that I've come up with and this is completely voluntary, would be to do a um, PayPal friends and family. Any any amount would help. Um, I'm not going away. I can't go away. I started this, and I'm going to finish it. So um, I'll put a link below. And um, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've recorded this podcast so many times, and I didn't, the result is the same. Um you know, I learned about crying when my girls, my first three dogs that I adopted from Mexico, started passing away. And you know what I finally decided? Because when I lost the first one, Carmen, people would say, Where, where's Carmen? And I'd have to explain to them that she was gone. And at that point, I would just burst out crying. And from coming from a background where you don't show your emotions... 
It was at first very embarrassing. I'm very embarrassed now to be pleading and asking for help. It's so hard for me. But you know what I finally decided? That it's okay. I, you know, it's okay if I cry in public because I'm upset because I lost my, my darling dog. Then that's just the way it goes. If you want to be shocked and walk away from me, that's okay. Um... So sometimes crying's okay. Allow yourself. Maybe maybe you have years been bottled up inside of you like I do, so I can no longer exactly control my emotions. Um I do my best. But I'm just I'm just hoping I'm hoping we can continue on. And if it's up to me, I'll do everything that I can. And I'll always be here for you. You know, I, I don't I don't think this Patreon system is for us. I don't want anybody to have to commit to monthly donations. You do what you can do. And if you can't do anything, then bless you, I'll still be here for you. And if you ever need help, I'm only one email away. I know this is kind of a crazy way to have a one-year anniversary, but I had to share it with you. Um, It all started. I had a very high anxiety week um two weeks ago I, uh, the one possession I had from my father I had to sell on eBay to pay the bills and I thought this madness has to stop um I need to figure out a way for this podcast to continue um I've tried to get us on a platform where we could have advertiser support to pay the bills and that's not going to work out. Um, it, it will. I mean, God knows I'd love to have 30,000 downloads, not just not for the advertising money, but just because I would know that 30,000 people were listening and, and hopefully being helped. That's the only reason. So anyway, so before I get any more depressing to sound, let me close for now. And um, please, if you're the parent who's looking for help for your daughter, please go to the forum. You know, we're there to help you. And just because no one else is talking in any amount of detail, um, that's not us. We'll always be there to help you. Um, and I'd like to support Dad of Rad. He was the guy that I interviewed under the name of Jack. Um, and as a parent, parents need to help other parents too, just like we need to help you. And I've been trying to hang in there with Jack over at the forum and try but you know i'm not a parent i i don't have one of these kids so i can only relate so much so he's a he's just a wealth of information so please join us there and hey look at it this way i'll have this entire week to pull myself together so happy anniversary and thanks for tuning in and goodbye for now and please be safe out there and figure out how to email me directly through the through the form and don't use Facebook anymore. Talk to you later. Goodbye for now. Bye.